Welcome back to On Base Live. I am your host, Mookie Betts, and today we got 2020 World Series champion and my teammate, Kike Hernandez. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Not much. Enjoying the view of Lake Erie, one of the four great lakes as I was listening to you pre-interview. Yeah, do you know the four great lakes? I don't, bro. Whenever people ask me that question, I say, no speak English, no from this country, you know, no se, papi. I didn't know any of them until uh, I just knew there were, I, I don't even know if there are four. I just know that there are great lakes. We'll just go out. There are great. And now I did learn today Lake Erie is one of them. Uh, so kids stay in school. So you're in Boston. You came back to L.A. How, how have you enjoyed it uh, back at, in L.A.? I would say home. It's been great. It's been great. Um, once I learned about the trade, um, everything happened quick because I had to be on a flight in like five hours. And I didn't know what to think. Mm-hmm. And got off the plane at like two in the morning, and I had to be at the field at eight thirty in the morning the next day. Yeah, day, day game. So I didn't really get to get to feel much mm-hmm. till after that first game, and we had a day off, so we had solid over twenty four hours to think about what just happened, and it was just, it was really cool. It was it was exciting. I hadn't been back in L A. Right. since twenty twenty, and. Uh, I always thought that I was going to back, go back for the first time as a as a visiting player, and I got to go back wearing white again, which was really cool. Nice. Okay, so so take me through the the process because you know you're playing, and obviously you, you're in Boston, so every year they're trying to win, and you're going through, and you kind of see the writing that's kind of on the wall. Kike, you know you may get traded, you're probably going to get traded, and then you eventually do. So, like, yeah, take me through that because people, people don't know. what It's not like they just call you, boom, you're traded, you know. Sometimes it's kind of like a process. I guess there is. Sometimes it is. They call you and, boom, you're traded. So I want to know about your process. How was it? Yeah. Um, kind of went through it last year, not knowing what was going to happen, uncertainty. Last year, the deal. Um, veterans, as you know, get traded when they're on expiring contracts and the teams aren't doing so well. And last year I figured I was going to get traded. didn't happen. I got to go back for one more year, and uh, I guess things didn't go my way. Uh, playing time went a little bit down, and um, eventually it became kind of a – I was the odd man out, and my agent started getting calls, and he was like, hey, man, I think they're shopping you, you know. Uh, I don't want you to, like, be thinking about that when you're playing, but I also yeah, want you to be you prepared. Think, how did you not think about that while you are playing? Uh, well, I got, my, I got myself thinking one day during the game, like – just thinking about where I was going to end up mm-hmm. and I was not there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, this needs to stop. This is too much. Um, you, you may be traded. You might not be traded. So the only thing you can do is control what you can. And at this moment is play the game. Mm-hmm. And it became a distraction for one game. And that was more than enough for me to, to tell myself, all right, stop. Every once we're in, we're here, we're here. You know, we can't think about it. If you want to think about it while you're at home, then go ahead. But, while we're here, we're just thinking about baseball. We're focusing on today. And, um, you know, it's kind of inevitable sometimes when uh, your family reads things online yeah, yeah. and they start asking questions and all. And uh, I guess there was, like I said, a couple multiple calls with my agent, you know, other teams and stuff, and um, found out the Dodgers were. Yeah, what happened when – so what was your thoughts when you heard the Dodgers were in? I was like, man, I was like, this is weird. Um, I didn't really know what to think. I didn't think that it was going to happen. You know, it was just one of those things, one of those teams 
you know, checking boxes, mm-hmm. calling and mm-hmm. trying to find out what was what was what. And um, the day that it happened, and it just came to fruition. And we uh, we had a, we didn't have BP that day, and uh, they told me about two o'clock, and they're like, "Hey, this trade is it's happening. It's in the one year line. We want you to hear from us. We don't want you to hear from the media." Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back out. The media's still in the locker room, so I can't clear my locker because yeah. the media's there. They don't know anything yet. Um, so I just hung out with my still teammates at the time. <laughs> and uh, we, had a, we had a little gathering, little event happening in the weight room that day. Somebody lost a bet. Mm-hmm. So that thing went through and allowed the media to clear the, the locker room. Oh, okay. And once it was time, I had to pick up my, my locker that had three years of belongings figure out what I needed for the next week or so, figure out what I needed to ship home, what I needed to ship to L.A., and then got to go home. And So it wasn't quick. too bad. It, was, it wasn't too bad. You got, you got told in enough time, and it wasn't um, – and you were going back to L.A., which, I mean, if you were going to get traded, I mean, I guess that's a good place to, good place to come, right? I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, obviously expiring deal, you know, you want to, like – have your like personal market go up or whatever right. when it comes to free agency but i still i still care about winning more than anything yeah, and awesome. i want to be in a place where i'm where i'm going to win um and for me you know getting traded to la was probably best case scenario uh going back to familiarity uh working with any coaches that knew me mm-hmm. uh you know the little things trainers yep. coaching staff all those things yeah. uh clubhouse guys like they're all the same so i i knowing everybody is 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 huge when it comes to to uh, change of scenery. Yeah. Uh, it's the second time I got traded in season, and the first time I didn't know a single person yep, that's on the team, and that was rough. It was rough because you're trying to learn a new team. You're trying to learn personnel, every single teammate of yours, and it's just, you know, it, when you're not yourself, when you don't feel yourself, you you don't feel like you can produce the yeah, same and, way. And you got to go play. So you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, for me, being able to go back – um, different group of guys, but yeah. there's at the same time still like half of the guys yeah. I played with. The other half I played against them, so it's not like I had to come in and, and get to know 25 other guys. So right, that right. that part was made it made it, it easier. Smooth. Yeah. Made it smooth. Okay, so there's this game called on base, off base, in or out. I'm gonna play with you. The first thing is serious engagement photos. Are you in or out on those? Uh, I am beyond out. Beyond out. So tell me about tell me about these engagement photos that you took. How it came about. You know, nothing. Not much you do is serious, and that's not a, a knock or anything. It's just you just you love having fun. You love laughing. You love joking. And so knowing that you took silly engagement photos is the perfect depiction of Kike Hernandez. So tell me about them. All right, we live in the social media era. Right. Everything has to be a nice photo shoot to post and do it for the clout and all that. You got to look all cute and shit. And we got engaged. I told my wife, we're not taking engagement photos. Like, I, I, don't, I don't like looking at the camera and, like, trying to look pretty and all that. Like, I don't, that's not my type of photo shoot. That shit makes me uncomfortable. One day we're watching a movie called Masterminds. We see these, like this couple, Zach Galifianakis, and I forget the name of the, the girl. The, she's, a, she's in uh, Saturday Night Live. 
and they get engaged in the movie and they take this photo shoot as we recreated it in this in these pictures and that's awesome. i tell my wife i was like hey if you want to do those pictures i'll do those engagement pictures thinking there's no way she's going to say yes i married her for a reason right yeah, she, said she said yes, yes. She said, i'm all in and sure enough we found the most absurd uh outfits that we could find as close to the movie as possible and we reached out to a photographer, and when the photographer heard about the idea, she could not be more stoked. So that is awesome. We went bro. to a random park in Arizona, and we t- took these beautiful, super serious, beautiful engagement pictures. And so that's what you used to send out to people, like, "Hey, we're getting save the dates." Did you put that on the save? The oh dates? no, yeah, people already knew. This was for uh, for the Instagram clout. Oh, this is just for Instagram. It wasn't like send out or anything. Oh, yeah, I nice. mean, we, we, I think we used them here and there for other reasons. But, uh, yeah, no, that was to, to let the world know, you know? That picture right there. Yeah, this is, this is the couple of the, of the century. That's the thing of beauty. Yeah. Shout out to you. Appreciate that. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on base, off base, you personally have the greatest windup in MLB history. Are you on base or off base on that? I'm on base. Um, I will say it doesn't it doesn't correlate with my record or my ERA, <laughs> but I mean the mechanics you can't deny them. They look awesome. So when you got the pitch before before you even got up there and you're leading it up and you see the the writing on the wall, like you may have the pitch. What was going through your head? Well, you know when position players get to pitch, especially for the first time, yep. the occasion is very different. It's usually a blowout game. Mm-hmm. I am playing second base this game, and I am. I had just gotten back from the dugout, and I am 0 for 7 okay. at the plate. So you were 0 for. That means an extra inning game. So it oh, we are hand. in the top of the 16th inning. Oh, it got out of hand. And the game is tied. The game is tied, and you're pitching. Okay. We run out of bullpen arms. Okay. Dave Roberts looks at me and goes, hey, <laughs> if we don't score, you're pitching. I was like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, yeah, you're in. I look out of the bullpen, and Rich Hill is getting loose. Mm. Rich Hill is, like, rapidly getting loose. And he, you know, at the time, he, was, he wasn't 80 yet. He was, like, yeah. 62. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it takes him a while. And he starts going, and I guess he was going to pitch if we took the lead. Mm. But if it stayed tied, it was up to us, up to me. And then I had like five people come up to me and they're like, do not, don't you dare start throwing hard, you know, just lob it, whatever. And uh, um, my heart is just racing. I'm not listening to anybody. I'm like, give me, please, the score run. What's so like, it's, I haven't. So you didn't really want to pitch in a tied game? Yeah, just in general. I mean, no. You I don't. wanted to pitch in a blowout. Oh, okay, you're right. Not in a tie game. Yeah, like, tie game, that's nerve-wracking. Because then you feel like you lose the game. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I go out there. First pitch I throw, I get Nick Williams to, like, ball got in on him a little bit. And in my head, I'm like, this, well, this mound looks way closer to the plate than the plate looks from the mound when you're <laughs> hitting. I was like, I feel like I'm going to hit this dude's helmet whenever I release the ball. I feel that close. First pitch, it gets in on him, but... I haven't been on a mound in, I don't know, 20 years. Ball gets hit in the gap, and I think it's a 
fucking tank. Uh, I look back and Bellinger's running out there like a dinosaur, like in the gap. <laughs> Full extension gets it. I'm like, oh, man, one for one. Let's go. This is easy. Next guy, can't throw a strike. Mm. Walk him. Next guy, walk him. And then we get to Trevor Plouffe. So two walks. Two walks. One out, runner first and second. Trevor Plouffe at the plate. I get him on two strikes. I don't know how we got there. <laughs> and then I throw him an Ephus, mm. which had a chance of catching the corner. Maybe, maybe it did, maybe it didn't. And Yasmani Grandel clanks it. I don't get the call strike. And I'm like, man, I made my pitch. I used my best pitch, the Ephus. Now I don't know what to do. Next pitch, I throw it like 80%. It was like a pitch out. It was in the other batter's box. And Trevor Plouffe just absolutely launches this baseball. In We're in Philly. Box. And the ball lands almost in, like, in the bullpen over the stands. <laughs> you know, it, it can go in the bullpen by center field, yeah. but then there's stands. Yeah. And it has to go over the stands yeah. to get in the bullpen. The ball almost goes in there. Walk off, three-run homer. Mm. At least it was, like, quick, though. Was, you didn't have to, like, stay out there for a while. I know. The walk to the dugout felt like forever, though. Mm-hmm. And then I get in that locker room, and you can hear people thinking. <laughs> it is so quiet, you can hear people thinking. And I sit in my locker, and I'm like, man, this is by far the worst game in the history of baseball for on a personal level. Yep. But I can't even be mad. No. I got to experience this, so I... I'm the, the only first part you really were mad at is the 0 for 7. Right. So I opened my, I, like, nobody's saying a word. Nobody knows how to feel. We got a, this is like 2 in the morning. We got a game at noon the next day. Oh. <laughs> and I just go, hey, guys, has any of you ever gone 0 for 7 at the plate and lost the game on the mound? <laughs> Everybody started laughing. Nobody <laughs> cared anymore. Again. True story, though. That year, we had to play a game 163. It was that Because the division was tied. So oh, because we could have potentially lost the division because I got on the mound <laughs> in the tied game. Hey, but it's all right, though. You make, you're just making history. Making hey, memories. only position player ever to give up a walk-off homer. Humble brag. Even more humble brag. Only two guys to go 0 for 7 at the plate and lose the game on the mound. Me and Babe Ruth. <laughs> Not many people can be no, on a list. Nobody. Just you and Babe Ruth. That's that, a list of two. That's hard to make. Good luck, Shohei. Did it. <laughs> All, right. All right. So one more. I got one more. What about on base, off base? The Dodgers uniforms are more cla- are more classic than the Red Sox. I think that's on base. I think the Dodger white is the best uniform in baseball. I think it's the most classic uniform in baseball. I agree. I love putting it on. Not even just because it's the Dodgers and San Diego. It's just the uniform is just dope. It's a good fit. It's hard for that uniform to not look on some, mm-hmm. look good on somebody. And you can wear it many different ways, many different colors, whatever you want. Oh, I do. know about that. Yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, you're. I got about eight different set of pants, <laughs> like twenty you different do. color cleats. Yeah. All right. So we're going back to Boston a couple of days, and how, how do you think it'll feel for you? Going back. Uh, Like a little weird. It'll be a little weird, but not as weird as going back to L.A. I feel like it took me almost three years to go back to L.A. And it's only going to take me like three weeks to go back to Boston. Boston. So, you know, getting it out of the way quick is kind of like a good feeling. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because everything happened so quick. I didn't get to say bye to everybody over there. So it'd be good to get some closure. 
So, I, and then this will be my first time going back and since 2019. I'm really nervous. Like, I'm really nervous. And not necessarily, uh, it's more, more just that I haven't been back in so long. It's like where I grew up and I don't know what to expect. You know, I, um, hopefully it's cool though. I think, I think it'll be fun. You know, I, I'm gonna go in there and see the clubhouse. You know, and there's a, the clubhouse is new, a lot of new things and a lot of new faces. Um, you know, I'm more excited to see the people though. The people are what, what I remember the most, you know, they, uh, made the, the most of the experience. So, um, you got any advice for me, bro? I think you're going to love it, man. I think you're going to, you're going to be filled with love. Um, the locker room is nice. <laughs> the, locker room. the visiting locker room you've never been in. Never it's been not in. so nice. Okay. <laughs> but the home new side is, is nice. Um, I, I can tell those fans love you, bro. They still do. They, I saw a lot of number 50 jerseys still oh, every day. You, so, thank uh, you, sir. you know, they, they miss you, bro. You, you did a lot for that team. Yeah, it was cool. It was, it, it, it was cool. We'll see how it plays out. So, but you had a bobblehead that came, mm-hmm. but then you got traded, but they still gave out the bobblehead and there was a note, right? You had a sticky note. What did it say? How did that come about? Uh, it was kind of what I, among the words of, that I used during my uh, Instagram post that I got to, you know, put into words during the flight to L.A. And uh, Raquel reached out to me. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. And um, she was like, hey, Kike, you know, still crying. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We have this bobblehead <laughs> coming up. Is it okay for you to, that if we still give it out? It's not a Red Sox bobblehead. It's a WBC bobblehead. And I was like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many bobbleheads do you have? And she's like, 8,500. And I was like, all right, well, I don't need 8,500 for my family. No, you don't. I just need a little box so I can take care of my family, my loved ones, and they're going to love this bobblehead because it's got the WBC uniform on. And, uh, yeah, you got my blessing. And she asked if I wanted to to write anything. And I was like, yeah, I would love for you to say, like, thank you to all the fans and to the city and everybody. And um, those are years that are always going to be special in my heart because, you know, it's – if I wasn't a man at 29 years old, because I'm at an age where I should be a man, then mm-hmm. having a baby is what started become, making me become a man. And um, that is, that's, those are the, the, the years and the memories that you'll never forget about. It's just you know, seeing your baby grow up in a city, that it, just, it just adds that much, that much more to it. What about, do you have any, anything off the field that happened in Boston? Like, uh, you know... Uh, I don't know, maybe, did you do on any duck boat rides or anything like that, any history? There's a lot of history no, and I, stuff. I didn't. I, uh, first year was still, we were still, like, in the middle of COVID, oh, the yeah. pandemic, and with the newborn and all that, like, I, we didn't do much. We stayed right across the street from the stadium. And uh, in, last year, in 2022, I got hurt, which so I didn't get to travel with the team for, like, two months. Mm-hmm. And that, as hard as that was physically, mentally, I got to spend a lot of time with the family and, we got to, you know, walk around Boston a lot. I, uh, if I had to go back and do it all again, I would probably do more, like, touristy stuff as far as, like, getting to know the city a little more. But at the same time, I love I loved living in Boston. I, we lived in Back Bay. I love being able to – I didn't grow up with this in Puerto Rico, like, being able to walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was really cool to me. That was, I was able to, you know, just go grab breakfast with the family or whatever, dinner on day games. Things like that. That was that was pretty cool. And then, so then, obviously, now you're back in L.A. And yeah, I think you had mentioned you didn't realize you had needed the change, another change of scenery, or, or whatever it is. 
as bad as you did. And so what, what was it? Why did you why do you feel like you needed it so bad? Well, um, I was when I was talking about that, I was talking about like playing in front of the L.A. fan base mm-hmm. again. But to me, like I was having by far the worst like year of my career, like for many reasons. And, um, you know, you, you have this mentality. You can have this mentality of, all right, the season starts today. And I try to do that every single day. But it's hard when you're in the same place every day. And one way or another, you're reminded of what's going on. Yeah. And especially in Boston. Yeah. Especially in Boston. So once I get traded, I'm like, all right, I'm in a new team. Like, whatever happened in Boston doesn't matter anymore because they haven't seen it. Like, it hasn't been with this uniform on. Like, this is, a, this is my opportunity to, like, literally start over. And nothing matters from what have The only thing that matters is what happens from this moment on. And I guess going coming to the new team is what allowed me to change my mentality. And then on the other side, like I didn't get to play in front of this fan, these fans in 2020, right. knowing that it was going to be my last year in L.A. Yeah. And uh, last game I had played in front of him was game five of the NLDS in 19 mm-hmm. that it didn't end our way. Right. So uh, just coming back and feeling all the love, it's, uh, you know, it's been special. Uh, I played in, in – uh, and a lot of really loaded rosters yeah. and for the fan base to lean on, like give that, that type of love to me, like out of all the names on the, on the team, that's something that like, that's it's, cool. it's even hard to, to put into words. Going back to 2020, cause that was a crazy year, obviously with COVID and all this stuff. And during the world series run, when we stayed in one room for a month straight, how, like, tell me about that whole, how much you enjoyed that. Because that, you, were, you were with those guys for how many years? Six. Six years. And so you guys finally got, I guess you had gotten to the World Series in 17, but, like, you smelled it now, right? Oh, we, we can really win. We're going to win. And so how, how was that going through, um, you know, the bubble and all that whole process? Because it it's definitely different. Then 17, when you were in the World Series and everything, the world was normal. Right. 17, we lose. Fortunate events. 18, where you ran into this machine. Yeah, that was a pretty good team. Yeah. And then 19, we're supposed to win. We got the best team in baseball again. Mm-hmm. And then we go out there and we win like 106 games. And then we go out in the first round. Mm-hmm. So 2020, it was like, there was a couple of us that knew that was it for us as Dodgers. It was yeah. our last chance. Um and we looking at it on paper after we acquired you. We're like, we got to do it this year. If we don't do it this year, it's, you know, the window doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. Even though we're probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest franchise in baseball right now, minor league system is loaded. So, like, we have a potential to be good for a really long time. Like, this is it for, like, this might be it for this group that we've had for a long time. And uh, that was by far my favorite postseason out of, like, the seven, including the one where I went off in Boston, like mm-hmm. to be able to like as a group be together for a full month, because like in a regular postseason home games, everybody plays a game and then everybody goes home. home yeah. On the road, everybody goes to the same spot, but then everybody goes their own separate ways. Everybody's got family, like so everybody just wants to go back into the room with their families. In the bubble, we had our families. But we were all, it, the hotel was just was open just for us. Mm-hmm. So it was like we're all just we were hanging out in the morning roommates. during during the uh, day. We all go to the field early to go eat, 
And then after the game, we were all hanging we're out. We're all so, hanging out. Yeah. And then days off, we're hanging at the hotel yeah. together all day <laughs> yeah. long. So, yeah. like, to be able to experience that for a full month, the whole group together, getting to go through, like, all the ups, and then Atlanta going down, Very being nice. down three to one. So, like, mm-hmm. going through all those emotions together as a group and not, like, the same way you would go through it together as a group if you weren't all hanging out yeah. 24-7. I think that added a little more to it. And probably the chemistry that we had that year was what allowed us to, to come back from down three to one. Mm-hmm. I would also say not having days off and exploiting yeah. that bullpen helped yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's what allowed us to, to come back from that. And then once we come back from down three to one, there's no way in hell we're losing that World yeah. Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We smell blood then. So tell me about um, that. That During that postseason, you had a moment against the Padres. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's probably one of your most embarrassing moments, I would assume. Yeah. And it, tell, me, tell me about it. Tell me how, what happened. Okay, so um, as we leave from L.A., from beating the Brewers in the first wild card round that we had that year. Um, one of my molars gets infected. Um, I had a root canal. Um, crown gets infected, and I start hurting. I talked to the doctor, and I was like, hey, I, I, my, my molar's killing me, man. Like, I have a crown, and, like, it's killing me for no reason. He's like, oh, well, everything you're saying sounds like you have an infection. We'll send you some antibiotics. The only problem is... Diarrhea is a side effect. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, like, I have fine. diarrhea every other day. Like, that's <laughs> not no. That's fine. And he's like, all right, well, go ahead. Sure enough, I get, I get diarrhea. And on, like, my third day of being in this medication, we are uh, we're in a big situation. We, uh, I had come in the game to pinch hit for somebody. So I was in the game as a DH. Okay. Out of all the positions I play, I was DHing. So I'm in the dugout. I get to lead off the next inning. So I'm like full like elbow guard batting gloves. I don't have my helmet on because it's not time yet, but whatever. We're on defense. And uh, we punch out. I think it was, it was uh, D. May was pitching. I think we punch out Manny to get out of the inning. And I let go of a, yeah, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Those emotions made me like make my body like push, you know, because I'm flexing. I'm excited. And a little fart comes out. Okay. And I'm like, oh, shit. I think I just shit. <laughs> Clenched my ass real quick. So, so were I was you, like, I think I just shit. So were you, were, you, were you, at this point, were you concerned? Or were you like, you know what, I got to go. Don't even I had to it. lead off the inning. That was the third out. There was no time. Mm. It was either that or tell Doc, hey, Doc, I can't go. Take me out. Can't say that. If I'm not dying, I'm not getting yeah. out of that game. Yeah, okay. Sure enough, I go to the plate. Uh, my lower half is a little more slippery than usual. It's mm-hmm. a little squishy. And uh, <laughs> Did that help? It did not help at all, man. Help. I, okay. We all know I have some trouble focusing on a daily basis, and that just did not allow me to focus. <laughs> I punched out in three pitches against G- Garrett Richards. I'll never forget. I go in the dugout. I tell Doc as I'm walking by, like, in front of him in the dugout, after striking out in three pitches in a playoff game, I was like, hey, Doc, I just shit my pants, bro. I don't think he believes me. So I go straight down. I take my batting gloves off. I take my helmet. I put my bat and I go running upstairs and I tell, I yell at Alex, like Alex, I think I need some sliders to this point. I haven't realized we're wearing white yet. Mm. 
I get in the you toilet. You didn't even think about it. No, no, not even. I, I just knew my shit, but I was like, ah, I got two pairs of sliders. They'll hold up, you know? I get in the, I get in the toilet. I take all my shit down, and I see a big stain, a little more yellow than my shirt. On... On the sliders. On the sliders. I was like, oh, fuck. I start dying laughing because at this point, <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already sitting at the toilet, you know? I can do whatever I have to do and not worry about a thing. But then I'm like, oh, fuck. We're wearing white. And I, like, put the sliders aside. Sure enough. It was on the pants. The same stain that was on my sliders was on the white pants. <laughs> on national television. On? No, I threw those out. I got two brand new pairs from sliders from Alex. I, I was like, Alex, I don't know what to do with his pants. And he's like, just throw them there. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out how to wash them. Mm. And I put a different pair of white pants. And uh, yeah, that was the story. I made it a little longer than maybe I should have. But it was, it was part of the process of the story. Like, I wanted everybody to know what I was going through. And then the spring training, um, the Red Sox were doing a social media thing. And I was doing it with JT and... He got to ask me what the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me on a baseball field. And I was kind enough to share my experience with people and let let everybody out there in the world know that we're normal people and that shit happens too, you know, literally. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, Dude mm-hmm. Wipes heard about it. Dude Wipes. Dude Wipes. So you got it. You got. Okay, keep going. And they reached out to him. They reached. They actually tweeted, hey, have your team reach, reach out to our team. And I was like, hey, guys, like. Look at this. What are you waiting for? Reach out. Mm-hmm. I, got, I, I want baby wipes. <laughs> we got a deal done, and we uh, got a lot of baby wipes. Or dude wipes, dude not baby wipes. wipes. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I got a little bit of cash, and it's a, it's a beautiful you partnership. You got for pooping in your own pants. Shit happens, man. Don't hate the player. Wow. Hate the game. Mm. Or the antibiotics, I guess. Uh, yeah, or the antibiotics. You know, there's a lot of things I would do, and that's not one of them. Not on purpose, at least. I can't even imagine. I would be sweating. I mean, whew, man. I don't I even know how you, but it, oh, the yeah, bad didn't last long, so. Oh, yeah, you ran it, it out. It made it fast. You yeah. ran it out, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if anybody saw it, like on the Padres. I don't, I mean. I mean, you would probably, it probably thought you sat in some dirt or something. Right, right. Golly. It matched your uniforms, too. <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to early Kike. From Puerto Rico, grew up in Puerto Rico. Tell me about that. Like, how was playing ball in Puerto Rico when you were younger? Um, yeah, so I tried to start playing baseball when I was four. My dad took me to baseball summer camp. And after the first day, I get in the car, and he's like, how, is, how did it go? I was like, Dad, I don't want to go back. You don't want to go back. The sun is way too hot. Mm, okay. All right. He's like, all right, well, I guess this is it. Shit. All right, well, good luck in school, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there goes sports. Two years later, I'm six. I start to... To fall in love with Ken Griffith Jr. Okay. And I'm like, Dad, I want to play baseball again. So I, uh, my dad put me, found a baseball league for me right like, around my, my, where we lived. And um, I was on the team, the Marlins. And then the Marlins team was not very competitive. And I quickly became the best player on the team. And my dad's like, hey, we need to get, he needs to keep improving. We need to find another team. So we went to a different league that had better competition. And the team was also the Marlins. Mm. So I was doing double pers- participation, and all the time I messed up uniforms. I wore the wrong Marlins uniform to the game, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, uh, no, man, I mean, growing up in Puerto Rico, baseball is definitely the number one sport. Yep. Um, volleyball and basketball are right there behind it. Soccer is gaining a lot of popularity. But uh, baseball is it, man. It's, Did you play anything else? I played volleyball. 
volleyball. Play volleyball all the is way. Is it beach volleyball or just No, regular? just regular. All the way to high school. And my dad was like, when I got to high school, my dad's like, hey, man, you're going to be short. You're not going to be playing volleyball. And if you keep playing, you might mess up your shoulder. Oh. Your best chances of baseball. So let's, let's call it. And I was like, all right, that's fine. That works. Um, was that hard? Yeah, it was hard. It was hard seeing your school team suck. Mm. And you know that you're better than some of those guys, but you, you're not allowed to play. So that part sucks. But other than that, I mean, I think I would say it, it all worked out. Yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely but, uh, worked out. Yeah, Puerto Rico is a little different when it comes to baseball than it is in the States. The States is most of it, like most kids play in school. Uh-huh. And obviously there's kids that play travel ball and all that. But even if you're playing travel ball, you're still playing at school. Um, back home, there's so many, like, it's so small and there's so many schools in each town that, like, it, it would be impossible to have competitive baseball if if there was only, like, school leagues. Oh, so okay. we we don't call it travel ball. We just call it, you know, baseball. Num- normal baseball, yeah. But uh, that's, what we, that's what we did. And um, I played in a lot of different teams, a lot of different leagues. It was always about, like, how how are we getting the the best competition? How are we going to improve? Uh, my dad has a little bit of a temper, so he would argue with some people in this league. So we would have to go to a different <laughs> league, and so on. So that's kind of how it went. Did you play with uh, any guys that I? I'm trying to think. All the guys from Puerto. I don't even remember all the guys from Puerto Rico because there's are, there are a lot. Mm-hmm. But off the top of my head, I can't remember. Did you play with any of those guys? Uh, like you played with the WBC, right? Yeah. So some of the like bigger names are younger than me, so I didn't get to play against them. Like Correa, Baez, Lindor. Yeah. Um, Correa is like three years younger than me. Lindor and Javier closer to my age, but they once they got to like high school, they went to study in Florida. So yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I never got to play yeah, against yeah, them. Yeah. Um, Maldi is way older than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Eddie Rosario, I played About with. the same age though, right? Yeah, I played with him on our senior year. We started going to like perfect game tournaments and okay. stuff. Okay. And he was, an under, he was an underclass, and he was the best hitter on the team, yeah. even though he was getting drafted a year after mm-hmm. all of us that were supposed to get drafted that year. Um, I don't know if you remember Alex Claudio, lefty yeah, reliever lefty, with a Bucks yeah. Bunny changeup. Yeah. I played with or against him since we were like eight years old. Oh, so that's like that's one of your homeboys. Like right. you've known him forever. Christian Vasquez. Vasquez. Yeah. I played with Vasquez when I was seven. He was eight. Oh, okay. He okay. had the same size he he, he does now. <laughs> um, uh, I played with some of those guys growing up, but uh, for the most part, we didn't start playing together like against each other till what like high school already but uh seeing definitely seeing some of those guys that you grew up playing with or against it's to be in the league it's it's really cool and then you got drafted i got drafted in 2009 17 year old by the the astros Astros. then you bounced around a couple times right i uh got drafted in 09 and you played with jd then we played we got drafted the same year we never played on the same team we did a bunch of instructs and mini camps and stuff together um but I was a, I think he was a four-year senior. I was a high school senior, so I was 17. He was already, like, yeah, 21. Yeah. And JT, like, he's, like, just cruised through the minor mm-hmm. league system. Um, you could tell from the first instructs, he, like, he was hitting the ball way harder than everybody else. He was way more advanced than, mm-hmm. than we were at the time. And, um, you know, you could always tell that he was special. He, he had it. He just right, didn't. Right, So, you know, from the early on, from the beginning, you know that he was mm-hmm. – out of that class, his bat stood out big time. Um, but yeah, I got drafted in 09, get to the big league in 14. Yeah, so tell me about that. That was that five years? Yeah, yeah. Roughly, four and some change? Right. 
tell me about your minor league experience. Yeah. Because uh, you're coming, you're from Puerto Rico, right? And I, I'm assuming it's pretty similar to the States. Yeah. And I don't know, it's, right? It's, uh, and it's a, but it's a different culture, though. Right. Different culture. Uh, Puerto Rico is pretty Americanized when it comes to certain things. Um, I got to go to Kissimmee, Florida, which is okay. an extended town That's of Puerto Rico. Isn't it Rios mm-hmm. from there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, my first year in GCL, uh, I remember fighting my first game. We played in Port St. Lucie against the Mets. That was my professional debut, and I hit three ground balls back to the pitcher. Mm, you only had three at-bats? Three at-bats. And, ground uh, ball, but so what, what, like, what happened? Who'd you face? Do you know? You don't remember? I don't remember. I believe the last guy I faced that game was Drew's Familia. Mm, okay. I'm pretty that sure. makes sense why that was a ground ball back to the pitcher. But the and, others, yeah, I was 17, bro. Like You didn't know when, yeah. Like, kid throwing 90 in Puerto Rico is like throwing fuel, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I get to Pro Bowl, and I'm all of a sudden facing every single guy, like, sitting 92, you know? Yeah. And 92 was fast. Yeah, at that time. And I had three ground balls back to the pitcher, and now I got a two-and-a-half-hour drive back to Kissimmee mm-hmm. in full unit. And all I can think about is how I just went 0 for 3 with three ground balls to the pitcher. And I'm Did like, you think the world, not the world was going to end, but you were like, dude. At the time, I was like, yeah. I'm never going to get a hit. Yeah. It felt like it was the biggest game of my life. And I was like, I flunked the test. Yep. So I called my mom and I'm like, hey, you were right. I should have gone to college. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, this is not it. What college were you going to? Uh, so, uh, like he said at the beginning of the show, kids stay in school, take, take classes seriously. I wasn't a very good student. I had time keeping up with what the teacher was saying and then reading books. I was not very good at it. So uh, I wasn't good enough student to go to a four-year school. Okay. So I had to to commit to a JUCO Mm -hmm. to, like, have some leverage for the draft. So I was going to go to Miami-Dade College. At the time, they were number one in the nation. So I was like, all right, if it doesn't work out in the draft, we go there. You know, ball out in Florida for a year, win a a championship, and then get drafted again. I was in my head, I'm like, I hope I don't have to go there. Yeah. Like, I just want to play. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, next day I got a hit and everything was fine. Everything. So you, and then you went through the minor leagues. Tell me about your upper minor league experience. Um, I went, I went rookie ball. And the next year I went short season A ball. And then I went low A. Next year I went double A, high A, finishing double A. And then 13, I repeated double A because I was only there a month the year before and I was 20. And I played that year. It didn't go great. It was my first experience of, like, really struggling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to re- go back in 14. And uh, in 14, I had played, before going to spring training, I had played in the Caribbean World Series. So I, like, literally played all off season oh, and never stopped okay. playing. Okay. And that helped. I, I came back from the Caribbean World Series, like, two weeks before spring training. And I went straight to spring training, and I like I never stopped playing. So I was like in midseason form from day one in spring training, and killed spring training that year. Got to start in Double A again. Lasted two weeks there, and then I go to Triple A. And in Triple A, we have an interim manager, uh, Tom Lawless. Our manager Tony DeFrancisco is currently away because he's getting treated for cancer. And my first month or so. I'm in AAA playing for Tom Lawless, who was the interim manager. And then Tom Lawless is, or uh, Tony D is about to make his comeback. And you know how those, well, we used to have those 11 a.m. games and yeah. minors, a bunch games. of yeah. SpongeBob SquarePants mm-hmm. songs and all that. 
we played one of those games and we didn't know, but Tony D was waiting for us in the locker room. Uh-huh. And we go in after the game and he's like greeting everybody and he goes, hey, you Puerto Rican, you're a good ball player. Before anything. And he goes, how's your English? I was expecting, like, hey, nice uh-huh. to meet you. And I was like, that was my English. This guy knows nothing about me, huh? <laughs> and I go into full kick him out and I go, English class, English class, very good. English class, very good. So Tony D thinks I don't speak English. Okay. <laughs> he joins the team the next day. And from that day on, for a full month, Tony D talks to me through a translator. Mm. And so you, you did this. You, you kept it quiet for a month. Everybody knew but him. Everybody knew but him. So nobody took the time to go tell him. People on the other team knew. Coaches on the other teams knew. Like, at the time, my bat was, like, really, like, starting to develop. I'm, like, raking AAA. Altuve's playing second for the Astros. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I volunteered. I told them, I was like, hey, man, I can play anywhere you want me to. Like, I don't need to play second base. I just want to be in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Like, move me around. I started playing a different position every single day. Literally, like, every day a different position. You told t- Tony this? No, I told, like, the, like the team, the organization. Oh, okay, okay. So I got to AAA, and that's when I started moving around. Okay. And um, I would play infield, and I would go talk to the pitchers on the mound. Mm. And the pitchers are not Spanish speakers. Right. I'm speaking English mm. by myself so to English he's speakers. Not, and he is, like, just looking at the situation happening – I don't know what he's thinking. Uh, I don't know if he's thinking I'm telling, hey, man, fatball, elayel, you know? I don't know what he's thinking at the time. But Gregorio Petit, he was a veteran at the time. Um, He was like one day, like he calls me in the, like one of those situations where you're young and you make a mistake of inexperience and like something. And he calls me in the office afterwards and he's like, hey, I want to make sure like this time, like next time you do this, you do that. Like how we do, like how what will benefit you for the future so that this mistake doesn't happen again, whatever, something that happened on the game, in the game. And he called, it's just the two of us, Petit and I, and then him with, in a locked office. And he's telling me all this. And we're sitting on a couch like this, and he is looking at me with that same face you're looking at me right now, <laughs> except he's telling me in Spanish, he's like, motherfucker, like, you need to fucking tell him. I can't, I can't do this every single time. So Petit was the, he was the translator. He was the translator. He was the, he was a veteran guy, you know, Venezuelan. He's like translating and he's like, dude. So y'all are talking about this. Yeah. Cause I can right understand here. everything Tony's telling me right here. Yeah. But so it's not time to translate. So, and he's he, telling me, so he's, Tony was talking to you. Tony's talking to me. And, Tony talks and then it's time for Petit to translate. But you understood and, and Every Petit wasn't translating. He wasn't translating. He was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, he's like, bro, I'm not as good at it as you are. Like, you can keep a straight you face. You should translate. You could have translated. Yeah. He's like, you're keeping a straight face. Like, I can't. I want to fucking die laughing right now. <laughs> yeah. and like, I just don't, I don't want to be in this position. I'm going <laughs> to fuck it up for the whole team. Okay. And I'm like, no, you got to keep going. I decide when it stops. Oh, you told him that. Yeah. And then, sure enough, like a week later, the team is playing like shit. We are getting our asses whooped, three stair games. And he just calls every position player in his office after a day game. And he is letting us have it for like 15 minutes straight. Just every cuss word in the dictionary, like every word you can think of for 15 minutes straight. Doors locked. It doesn't matter. Every single person, even Mm -hmm. if there were fans, they could hear us. 
And this dude is like every vein in his neck and his face is popping out. And I just, I raised my hand. <laughs> and he goes, what the fuck could you want right now? And I'm like, I, 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 I just want to let you know that I speak perfect English and the whole team has been fucking with you this whole time. In the middle of, In the middle of this heated <laughs> argument that he is wearing us out. So did you get fined anything? No, bro. Because I was like, this needs to stop. Like, we've been, like, he's, at this point, he's saying, he said this sentence three different times. Like, okay. he just uh, doesn't have anything else to say. I was like, I need to, li- that's what I do. I lighten the mood. You do lighten Sometimes the mood. Sometimes I cross the line, but. That's fine. But at this time, I was like, hey, this is the time. And I told him, and he was so embarrassed. Did everybody. Everybody's obviously everybody's crying. Yeah, and he is like, I knew it, I knew it. I was like, yeah, you knew it. You fucking had a translator in this office, you know, you knew it. Okay. So, so Tony will always be in your your memories for that. Yes. You still talk to him? How is he? I haven't seen him that many more that many more times after that. But he's still managing AAA. He's like a AAA legend, man. He's he knows he he can be hard on players, but he knows how to get players right. Yeah. So if I ever run into Tony, I'm going to ask him about that. that yeah, tell him, tell him that Tony, that Kika's English is a lot better now. <laughs> I was like, Kika's English has gotten so much better. He was on my podcast. I know. All right. All right. So I got this thing, um, superlatives, teammate superlatives. And uh, you know what they are. Who, who would have the worst smelling farts? Who has the worst smelling farts on the team? What a question. There's one answer to this. There's one answer, and it's, it's yeah, I've, I've, I've said it in many outlets out there, and he gets mad every time, but it's by far the GOAT yeah. at both pitching and farting Clayton Kershaw. He, he smells horrible. He does, yeah. And he, he blames it on the greens. I don't know what it is. Does he blames it on the greens now? That's what he says. So back in the day, he used to drink this purple milkshake, protein shake, and... He was like preparing for it. Like he would mm. before the game, he would eat a bunch of milk and cookies, and then during the game, he would just crush this big old protein shake, purple, thick, thick, and it was all getting ready for the flight. He fi- yeah. See, he fi- he says he doesn't want to, but I think he loves it. I think absolutely he, loves I think it. He absolutely loves it. He's like he would be laying down. He doesn't lay down anymore. He just stands up the whole flight now. But he would be laying down, and. You haven't smelled it yet, but you can hear it. You can see him like vibrate because yeah, he was yeah. laughing so hard in secret. Yeah, yeah. He knows every single he time knows. he's dying laughing. You know, have you seen his routine when he pitches? I I, I stay out of his way. So when okay. he's pitching, the only time I see him is when he's laying on the training right. table sleep on the training table, and he's like pretending like he can't hear anybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. he's watching his TV or laying down taking a nap, and um, you know. I made it a goal of mine in my early years. We had a couple of arguments, we, we uh, discussions about it. I thought he wanted to fight me once because I distracted him, but um, <laughs> he, uh, I, I always try to go in the trainer's room and make him laugh during the mm-hmm. start day. And you could tell he, he was getting a little distracted. His defense mechanism was like, he'd be, he'd be there laying super serious and he, you say something and make him laugh and he's like, start going like this. <laughs> and all of a sudden he just starts stretching his hamstring. Oh, really? That's his defense mechanism. <laughs> just stretching his hammies. Yeah. Stretch. But he would be laying down at that table and he just goes. Mm. And he just. Mm. 
Yes, that's I mean, nobody good. can see him. Like nobody can see him laughing. He just starts stretching his hammy. But that, uh, you know, I missed a lot about LA. But one of the things that I missed the most was seeing Twenty Two on that table during the start days. Yeah, we like, get to see it. To me, like whenever, for me, you know, as getting to witness Kershaw's greatness for many years now, mm-hmm. like that is one of the things that's like I'm going to take home with me for the rest of my life like 22 when 22 starting it's a special day it is and it's been super dope i didn't even what was crazy is when i was on the other side i didn't even really know kershaw because you know in al and nl you don't we didn't get to play Mm -hmm. play you guys or anything so and i wasn't like a baseball junkie so i was like clayton kershaw like i don't he's good sure but i mean you know whatever and then getting here to just actually see it it's like Oh, now I know. And I didn't really get to see, like, prime Kershaw like you did. So, and he's super dope to me. So, you know, uh, to your point, getting to see him pitch every fifth day, you know, his competitiveness and all those uh, attributes that he has is just uh, super dope. So let me get to the next one. So who has the worst taste in music? On the team? On our team. I'm going to stir the pot. And I'm going to start along. Big Spoon. David Peralta. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, DP is our team DJ. So he's basically saying all the music we listen to is trash. So let's, let's hear it. Why is D, how, how does DP have the worst taste? I mean, I mean yeah. I've, I, been, I've been on the team for three weeks, but... Telling DP he's the worst DJ in the world is a big topic in our group chat. Yeah. Um, it is. So I'm just, I'm going to be a the good le- teammate the, and go with it. The other day, the other day, DP was, uh, he was on the, on the, on this, on the sticks. So I call it on the sticks. And uh, I think for like an hour, we listened to the same five songs. And I don't think he realized it, but he was jamming. He was loving it. And I'm like, man, somebody take the sticks away from him. So I may have to, I, I ain't going to roll all the way with it, but semi, yeah, I may have you to. You have to understand, he's using an iPod. Yeah, I, he still has an iPod. So his iPod might have a five song capacity. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that might be you're it. Right. But he I have heard. The regular iPod, the one that you, uh, the, isn't it the one that you scroll? I don't think it's that it's not old. It was a small kind of, one. That's yeah, it's all like I know. A, like, yeah, it's one of those when the first touchscreens came out. Oh, the okay, got but, it, got uh, it, got it, got it. Yeah, I have heard multiple people complain about the same five songs. Yep, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, would, it probably is in play that the iPod probably doesn't hold me. And more. to a fair point, like this doesn't bother me because I just ninety nine percent of the music I listen to is Spanish music. But and that's why I've never been team DJ because. I want everybody to be able to like listen to what they want. Mm-hmm. And I know that like when it comes to English music, I'm not going to be the best DJ. So, but I have heard some of your countrymen complain about the fact that why are we only listening to Spanish music? Is, you think it has something? It's got to be DP. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I if you're going to be the DJ, you got to be culturally flexible that's why to I keep love, everybody happy that's why i love when jay hay is on the sticks because he mixes it up yeah he did the other at dinner team at dinner, dinner he, did he it mixed night, it up yeah. it was nice yeah he had a nice vibe going 
he has some hip hop, and then all of a sudden he spun me with some like Bad Bunny and shit. And yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, this steak is starting to taste better now. <laughs> Jay knows how to do it. Okay, the next one. Who do you think is the cheapest one on the team? The cheapest p- person on the team. I have my answer for this. I know your answer. Who is my answer? Uh, probably your designated hitter. That is our. Yeah. That's my answer. I'm gonna say CT because. CT is cheaper than JD. CT is such a simple man, bro. Like, I want to say he's still driving the same truck he's been driving since he got drafted. Oh yeah, then CT don't he don't spend like any it's money. not that he's cheap. He's just he just you know, spend he money. just doesn't doesn't spend money. JD JD cheap. I'm going cheap. That's a, uh, this year we got him to split dinner with Miggy Rowe, and that was asking a lot. That was an act of Congress. Just for him to split dinner. And he doesn't want to, like, any bets. Those Florida taxes. Yeah. You know, they, they kill him. Yeah. They kill him. So he tries to, uh, he saves money. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to roll with J.D., even though he would save me. What about who is the most likely to have a, a burner account on Instagram or Twitter or whatever? Austin Barnes. I think it's Barnesy too. Yeah. I think it's Barnesy too. And it's strictly for him to stir whatever pot that needs to be stirred. Right. He Barnesy is an angry elf. <laughs> and the way he releases his anger is by stirring the pot. Stirring the yeah. pot. That's that's yeah. And he's awesome. I, I love Barnesy. I love him to death. I love him to death. But that's what he that's what he enjoys doing. That's that's his fun. Right. Stirring the pot is fun for him. And so we all have roles within the clubhouse. Yep. His is the main pot steer. Yep. Yeah. So if you want something, if you want a rumor spread or two if, guys, if you want to, a secret to be a secret, don't tell him Barnes. Yeah. Or he's, or he will, he'll go around. He won't say the secret exactly, but he'll stir the pot to get you thinking about the secret, you know, but that's Barnesy. That's what he, that's what he does it's, well, we have fun with, you know, that's absolutely that's why we love them, you know. OK, so what about this? Who has the dirtiest locker? I haven't been around that long. Um, but that that side of the locker room where Julio, Miggy, Jay, hey, those guys are. It's pretty full. It gets messy. Over yeah, there, man. it's pretty full. It gets messy. I'm not going to say it's dirty, but I'm going to say there's not enough room for all this. Stuff that's there. I'm going to go with my boy, Lux. Lux, he's not here. That's why his, his locker's been clean. Because he's not here. Because if his locker, if he was here, he has shoes outside, you know, on the ground. He has a towel over here. His pants or his clothes are over here. Some random stuff in the locker. He doesn't know where anything is, you know. That's that's Lux. That is Lux. I'm it, glad to hear that nothing's changed. Yeah, no, uh-uh. It, I can't say it's worse than before, but it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's better. So, G, if you're watching this, I think I think you'd be doing us all a solid if you just put your shoes up or something, you know. You ain't got to do the whole thing. Or you could do the whole thing, whatever you want to do, but something. You got to do something. You know, um, so you got a couple of years to get better, a couple of years to couple get better. years longer and you'll get a bigger locker. Yeah. 
the bigger locker, get another locker. That, maybe he'll benefit from having two lockers. Yeah. If he messes up two lockers, that's – if there was somebody that's going to do it, though, it would be him. So we'll find out real soon. So have you ever done an immaculate grid? I have, yeah. Are you good at it? it depends on the day. Okay. Well, we'll see about today. We're about to do an immaculate grid. I am really bad at them. But I usually can get like two to three answers. Right. And after that, you can do the rest. So the first one is Rich Hill. Absolutely. Well, all right. Yeah, I guess. I, I go for the most obvious ones. Yeah, but you could have used them for the A's too. Oh, yeah, we could have. I mean, A's in Boston, uh, Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick did do that. Mm-hmm. Kinley Jansen for the bottom one? Mm-hmm. 3%. That's good, right? Yeah. Rare. All right. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Cincinnati and A's. Cincinnati. And the, and the Braves. Oh, man. I don't know none of those. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't even know. Man, <laughs> I don't even know who played on. Golly, Cincinnati. Uh, A's in Cincinnati. Is Ramon Hernandez an answer for that? A's and Reds? Is that easy Puerto Rican? No, Venezuelan catcher. Okay. I hope I'm right. Suspense is killing me. Mm-hmm. Is that, does that mean it's not an answer? Oh, there, oh, there you 1%. go. Wow. I don't even know who that guy is. See, I'm such no. a minority. Hernandez <laughs> at the 1%. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh and Cincy. A's and Reds. Adam Duvall. I mean, uh, Atlanta and the Reds. Oh, yeah. Adam Duvall did. He did, huh? I don't remember him on the uh, Cincy. Yeah, he came up with the Giants and then got traded to the Reds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pittsburgh and Reds. I don't even know who played on Pittsburgh. I mean, mm. we'll get one. We'll Pittsburgh get and the Reds? I got nothing. Pittsburgh in a 200 case season. Uh, was Garrett, did, he, did Garrett Cole do that before? 200 strikeouts? You think he did, right? You would think so, but I don't know if he did. A's 200 strikeout season. I mean, Barry Zito? Yeah, you could do Yankee yeah, Go Barry Zito. Or Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart. Uh, Did we get it wrong? The righty for. Uh, oh. There it is. Yeah. Uh, Braves. Strider. Strider, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, Strider. All right. <laughs> Pittsburgh in a 200K season. I mean, I don't even know all the pitchers that came that, that pitched in Pittsburgh. Did Garrett Cole not get it? No, because then we only have two. We only have two guesses left. Do you want to try? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. You think about the two hundred strikeout season. I'm thinking about the who played for the Reds and the Pirates. Two hundred strikeouts from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm mm mm. I don't even know all. I'm trying to look at remember all the names around you see in, in the stadium, but I don't remember the names. 
I can only think of three pitchers right now. From the Pirates? Yeah, like Garrett Cole, Liriano, and Charlie Morton. Charlie but Morton, Charlie Morton was a sinker ball. Yeah, he wasn't throwing 98 in. Um, I don't think Liriano got to 200Ks. Either. You want to try Garrett Cole? I guess. We only got one guess. That's, I, like last I, mean, guess I can't you. think of a better guess. I'm going to roll with Garrett Cole. We're going to roll with Garrett Cole. Hello. 84%. And we were guessing at that? Like, we were, like, worried about that? Mm. So this one's on you. Yeah. Cincy and Pittsburgh. I don't even, I know mm, nothing about either one. Clemente didn't play for the Reds. No, he didn't play for the Reds. That was the first thing I said, but no, he didn't play for the Reds. Um, mm. Their team is so young right now. The red, nobody both now. of them are. Yeah, both. Yeah, nobody. It had to be somebody. Kind of back in the day, and I don't know any. I don't know any history of either one of them. I mean, we're talking. Who was it? Somebody on the big red machine that that played on the Pirates too? But I don't even know who was on the big red machine. We didn't have TVs in Puerto Rico yet, so. <laughs> well, you don't either. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well. This has been fun. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, a button right there. It says give up. Yeah. You want to hit it? Button's usually not an option. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool with it because I ain't made it this far. So to make it this far, I'm playing with house money. I'm going to throw a Hail Mary. Okay. Felix P-A, and you, you spell that last name like Pi. Felix P-A. This is a long shot. Mm. What are the, what's, what's the answer? Yeah, what is the answer? Or the most common one, I guess. Do they show the answer on here? Yeah. I've never made it this far, so I don't know. Who? Cool. Yeah. 262 possible answers? We couldn't think of one? Golly. Dave Parker, no wonder. I don't know who that is. I have no idea who that is. Sonny Gray. Oh, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we did good. We did good. Eight out of nine. We did good. We brought the closer in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the closer, so. Yeah. All right, so let's get to some fan questions real quick before we wrap up, bro. All right. Um, This isn't really a question. This is just because we didn't go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are five Great Lakes. Five. Five. Not four. Not four. So, but there's four additional to this one. That's what, that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. saying earlier. But, See, you know. We're smart in know. other ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, Lake Superior, Lake Michigan. That one's in Michigan. Yeah, I think that one's there. Yeah. Erie is here right. in Cleveland. Yeah. Ontario. Canada? I would think so. Definitely not California. Not California. Yeah. And I don't know what Huron, 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 Huron. Is that one in Japan? Well, I'm going to roll with Japan because I don't know where Huron is. Uh, but shout out to uh, whoever for, thank, uh, for, for giving us the, yeah, uh, appreciate the, the five, five Great, great Lakes. lakes. Yeah. So uh, somebody asked me, was LeBron the biggest star to attend one of my games? I'm going to say no. I don't know. Who the biggest star is, and LeBron is huge, but you've been to many games where 
huge stars have come. Who who have who has come to games that you can think of as maybe bigger than LeBron? I'm not sure if I want to answer your question or ask a question to your question. Whatever you want to do. All right. If we're going based off social media, then Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. But my question to your question is, at what point during our doubleheader did you get the script for the game telling you that you were going to go deep twice and you were going to salute the king? So... Sports are scripted, by the way. Yeah, that that uh, that was cool, man. And, you know, I didn't when I when it kind of happened as I was coming around third. I was like, man, I gotta say something, right? It's cool. This is bobblehead night. Sick bobblehead too. Sick bobblehead, and um, I just looked up there, man, and, and saluted. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, it just kind of happened. It kind of, it kind of. We were happened. all witnesses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was a super cool moment, man. I would say that's probably top five coolest moments, you know, with all the irony that kind of happened. It was for me too, and I wasn't even involved in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember uh, being in the dugout, and everybody's like, "You just went deep for the second time," and there were some guys like. Weird. He just went deep twice, and there were some other guys who were like, "Of course, he went d- deep twice with fucking LeBron in house." Yeah, it was. I don't. It didn't have anything to do with LeBron, but it was. It was. It was uh, really cool, and having LeBron there was uh, definitely, definitely something super dope. So, yeah. um, I got one more question. Do you feel that LA players have the same vibe as Red Sox players? Um, I don't think that's a fair question. It's a different group. I would say the same thing. And my, my answer to my answer to that is players wise, it's probably going to be similar. Like got dudes are dudes. Mm -hmm. Right. But the market is what kind of changes guys and not necessarily changes them for better or worse. It's just that Boston is a different market. Like you have, you're under a microscope the whole time so guys may not act this silly guys may not um i don't know just do what dudes do like they would if they were in pittsburgh or baltimore or you know cleveland or somewhere like that right and i think that's just the difference it's just that the market is kind of what shapes yeah i agree and then i think like as far as vibes, like the only thing that the fans get to see is what happens in the dugout. Right. And Dodger Stadium dugout is like five times bigger mm-hmm. than the one in Fenway Park is. So there is definitely not enough rooms for shenanigans to happen yeah. at Fenway Park, in the dugout at least. Right. Yep. Because yep. there's some weird shit that happens in the locker room. There's a lot but, of weird stuff that happens. But, goes on. you know, it's locker room stuff. It's locker room. This stays in the yeah. locker room. I think we got one. Well, we do have another question. It snuck through uh, like a single. So question for you guys. Would you rather rob a homer to win a World Series or hit a walk-off homer to win the WBC? Ooh. Even though both of those are dope, my answer would be rob a homer to win the World Series because the World Series is while we play. Right. But the WBC, man, golly. Hitting a walk-off homer in the WBC – to win it, there may not be a better feeling. That's yeah. Um, that's a really hard question, and um, man, I don't know. 
I think I think I have a lot more highlights defensively than offensively. <laughs> so let's just let's just say I'm going to hit a walk off homer to win the World Series because there's a better chance that I'm going to be at the plate in that situation than there is a chance that I'm going to be in the outfield because mm-hmm. I can I play so many different spots right. like. Being in that situation at that time doesn't guarantee me that I'm going to be out there, even though that's the question is already there. But I'm just making up excuses to why I'm hitting a walk-off homer to win the WBC. <laughs> All, right. All right, brother. Well, thanks you for coming on, man. Um, I'm super glad you got to come on, especially with late notice. Um, you know, kicks when we met in 20, it was kind of weird. You know, I was kind of a uh, you can use standoffish or, or, or whatever word, maybe kind of to myself um, when I came over. And you guys did awesome, right? But I just didn't know how to handle it all. You know, I had never been anywhere but Boston and, you know, meeting a lot of new guys, going to Arizona. Everything was so new for me. Um, but you and the crew, man, you guys uh, welcomed me in, even though it took me a little time before I even practiced with you guys. I think it was like a week or something before I even practiced with y'all. And so... Um, you know, that meant the world uh, to me just to know that, you know, y'all were uh, just kind of waiting, hanging out, chilling. You know, Mook will come holler at us whenever he does. And you guys uh, didn't act weird towards me, didn't do anything, man. So you welcomed me with open arms and that uh, meant the world to me. So thank you. I'm glad you came back. Um, you're having fun, playing really well. So uh, I'm just uh, super happy to, to, to be with you, man. And glad you uh brought some fun you know as you as you always do so anyways man uh thank you for coming on and we've got a game later on so we got to strap it in you ready i'm ready thanks for having me of course take us to the promised land again (laughs) all right all right guys that's a wrap with kike hernandez and we'll see you guys later on